0: Welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg. And on today's episode, we look at the number one problem facing Americans – inflation. We're going to get into the specifics of how we got here, but most importantly, what we need to know. For example, will the so-called Inflation Reduction Act really lower inflation? Will the Federal Reserve continue to raise interest rates? Should we brace ourselves for an even harder economic time? And what are the right policy steps to lower inflation? Well, we have a wonderful guest to talk about all of that. Kristen Tate is joining us. Kristen Tate is a visiting fellow at Independent Women's Forum. She writes a weekly column for The Hill Newspaper, and is the author of three books, The Liberal Invasion of Red State America, How Do I Tax Thee, and Government Gone Wild. She also provides communication strategy to political campaigns and has worked on statewide races in Texas. And it's a pleasure to have her today. Kristen, thank you so much for joining She Thinks. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. So I think we should start by defining the word inflation. That seems to have been a very difficult thing for many Democrats to do in the past few weeks. What is the definition of inflation? Um, what is the definition of whether or not we are in a recession? And do you think that when we think about defining recession as well, that we currently are in one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually don't think it even matters if you call it a recession or not. I mean, they can change the definition of recession. The point is, Americans are feeling really pinched, economically speaking. Uh, Their dollars are going less far than they used to, and Americans are struggling to buy all of the things that they were able to comfortably buy just a few years ago. Uh, what what inflation means is that there are too many dollars out there chasing too few goods. So you have a ton of supply and not enough demand. And then if you go a step further than that and, and get into an even worse situation, you could have stagflation, which means that you just have no economic growth at all. And prices still continue to grow up while productivity goes down. And that's what I'm worried we may be in- entering into is a period of stagflation. But right now, we're certainly seeing inflation. Um, I just read a report before we went on air that families are spending an average of almost $500 more per month just on the, mm-hmm. you know, ne- the, the goods, the, the, the necessary goods that they need to buy every month. I mean, we're talking about food and, and gas for their cars. So, Americans are really feeling this in a, in a
0: very substantial way. And what's been interesting is to hear Democrats talk about inflation. I talked uh, mentioned earlier about just how they're defining inflation. Uh, we've heard everything from inflation doesn't exist to it's transitory, to it's good, to <laughs> it's not a big right. deal. We've heard a lot of different things in describing inflation in this country. But one of the things that I think the Biden administration has finally come to is realizing, first of all, it's bad because poll numbers were showing how how bad this really was for his administration. But he has talked about this as inflation is because of Putin, the war between Putin's Ukraine and size. Russia. How is that being sold? Or do you think it's they're selling that well to the American people? Or do the American people look at that and say, look, that's not the whole story, if it even causes it at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there's a percentage of the Democrats' base that will believe almost anything this administration tells them. And maybe they're buying into that. But the vast majority of American families can see right through that. That is not the case because inflation was already on the rise well before Putin invaded Ukraine. Uh, We already were seeing significant uh, price hikes across the board, and this was something that was being talked about a lot on cable news shows and, you know, in the pages of various newspapers. So people aren't really buying that. I think he can sell a little bit of the case that, you know, the invasion didn't help inflation. It's made worse. And that's true to a certain extent, particularly when you look at gas and oil. But I think uh, most people are smart enough to understand that that's not making up, that's not uh, responsible for the bulk of the inflated prices
0: we're seeing. So let's get into the reasons why we we are seeing this increase in prices across the board. What is it due to? It's a huge, perfect
1: storm of factors. And um, I think really most of this started Uh, when COVID hit, right? And we really shut down the whole economy. So this is not all the fault of the Joe Biden administration. The Trump administration went along with these shutdowns, even encouraged them at the beginning. Productivity absolutely plummeted in this country. We saw huge disruptions to our supply chain. So that was the first problem. And everyone was sitting at home collecting stimulus checks that were being sent to them from the government. This was money that was uh, in part being printed, in part being uh, a borrowed from China. And then of course, we have to pay interest on that. And so Americans were at home, productivity was going down, they were receiving stimulus checks, they were flush with cash. And as a result, they were buying lots of things, uh, especially online. So we saw demand just go through the roof for consumer items, while supply was going way down. So that's what started all of this. And then of course, you know, once we figured out COVID was not really a significant threat to young, healthy people, um instead of kind of reversing policy, opening the whole country back up, especially the cities, encouraging people to get back to work, getting our supply chains back in working order, the Biden administration comes in and continues with policies that just pour gasoline onto the fire. They did another round of stimulus checks. They passed these massive trillion dollar spending bills. Oh, and I didn't even mention that the PPP loans, those didn't help inflation either. We were just giving out these huge checks to, uh, to to employers, and many of them were fraudulent. So all this printed and borrowed money is just being pumped into the economy at a, at a very quick clip. And that has continued on now for two and a half years. And uh, you have particularly the Democrats who just want to keep spending and spending and spending money that we do not have. And again, this money is mostly being borrowed at high interest rates. It's being printed. The money doesn't exist. And they're telling the public that we're going to fund all of this spending with tax hikes on the rich and corporations, which just is not true. I mean, every single study shows that even if you significantly increase taxes on every billionaire in this country, it couldn't come close to covering the spending in these in these bills. So So I I just don't see this situation getting any better anytime soon unless you have a bunch of Republicans come in after the midterms and and really push for change. But unfortunately, uh, you know, Republicans haven't been that great on spending either. I mean, I can really count on two hands the number of Republicans in D.C. who are serious about spending cuts. Uh, you know, spending cuts are, are like a root canal. Nobody really wants them and they're not popular politically. But that's really what needs to happen to get this under control.
0: Yeah, it does seem like governments uh, posture whenever there is pain felt by people, they say, well, we're just going to give you something. And so the most recent gift is what is called the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, Many people are mocking this name because it doesn't seem like it's going to lower inflation at all. It's actually more of the Green New Deal 2.0 that is really passed. But tell me about what you think about the name of the bill and what this will actually do to inflation.
1: It's so despicable the way Washington slaps these misleading labels on bills. Um, that often <laughs> represent the exact opposite of what the, what the bills actually do. This would actually significantly increase inflation, especially in the short term. I was just reading a report by the Heritage Foundation that broke down exactly what this would do to the economy. It's just another big boondoggle spending bill, especially on green energy. Uh, this bill took a lot of parts of the so-called New Green Deal, and incorporated it. Um, so it's just like a massive giveaway to the green energy sector and then also to manufacturers and the biden administration is trying to say oh we're going to you know give all this money to manufacturers and it's going to drive down prices that's not the case at all all this is going to do is just create more currency floating around that's going to even further devalue the dollar and and people's spending power Uh, at the same time we're seeing um Farmers and agriculture under attack and we're seeing productivity come down on that front as well. So we could see um, food prices go even higher. Fertilizer is short right now in the country. So I'm scared of what's going to happen as we go into the winter because after this so-called Inflation Reduction Act and the the continued spending and the shortages we're seeing with supply chains of certain uh, certain products, uh, especially fertilizer, I'm worried we could see some food sort shortages of certain items, or at the very least, just really increased prices that could pinch American families as we get into the cold season.
0: And what do you say to those individuals who think that we have to spend our way out of it and say, look, the Biden administration as well has already made some progress. We're seeing gas prices go down, food prices go down. So this shows that we're headed in the right direction and that these types of measures are working. What do you say in response to that? Because gas prices have gone down.
1: Right. Well, the gas prices going down is largely the the result of him releasing our strategic reserves. I think they're releasing about a million barrels per day. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, this is the same administration that said they want to get rid of fossil fuels and fracking and all of this. And now we're depleting our um, strategic reserves. And hilariously, but also depressingly, uh, their release of this of the reserves will end right after the midterms. How convenient, right before <laughs> winter when we really need lower gas prices. Um, but I think that that mostly explains the lower gas prices. So that'll mostly be temporary until after the midterms. Um, But the notion that we need to somehow spend our way out of this is absolutely crazy. Spending is what got us here in the first place. Um, But you're right when you said earlier that, uh, you know, this administration, their, their answer to everything is to just give goodies out to various voter coalitions to kind of keep them happy and keep them thinking that the spending is working. Uh, They're talking now about even more student loan forgiveness. And of course, the student loans have been on pause for two and a half years, student loan repayments. The stimulus checks, we saw various rounds of that. And now after all of this, we still have a productivity problem because people are still uh, slow to get back to work. So the, the the fact that we have low productivity is also rise, uh, causing prices to rise because we don't have enough truck drivers. I mean, we're short tens of thousands yeah. of truck drivers. We don't have enough people working in the grocery stores stocking the shelves. We don't have enough people to do all of these very important jobs that are critical to our economy. And the best way to get people back to work and lower these prices and get productivity back up and get the dollar Uh, to retain some of its value is just to not spend all this money and kind of just let the economy fix itself. But that is not the direction that we're heading in.
0: And one of the numbers we continue to hear the Biden administration tout as their proof that the economy is doing well and that uh, Joe Biden has done what needs to be done is they talk about the unemployment rate and talk about how low it is and Tell me why that looking at that does not give the full picture, because like you just said, all you have to do is go to your local fast food restaurant and see that the lines are longer. They don't have as much staff. I know a lot of fast food places even have to close earlier because they don't have enough people working. We see the help wanted signs everywhere. So is it that they're making comparisons to COVID The during COVID when people were forced not to work? And of course, unemployment is going to look much better now than it did (laughs) then.
1: Right, yeah, it's a wonder. You shut down the economy until everyone, they can't go to work. And then when you reopen most of the country and some people go back to work, wow, the unemployment rate goes down. Who would have thought? But there are other uh, pieces to the puzzle as well. Um, Some people have just left the workforce. They're not looking for work. So they're not even counted in the unemployment numbers at all. A lot of mothers, in particular, during covid uh, you know they they decided they liked being at home with their kids and they're not going back into the workforce and that there's actually something really great about that but it does impact the numbers we're looking at. Uh, additionally, many employers, because of their decreasing profit margins, are simply not able to hire as many. Workers as they had before the pandemic. I have a stepmother in Boston, uh, Boston, Massachusetts, who owns three restaurants, and her staff, who the, the just the number of people she's able to afford, has been de- uh, has declined by about thirty percent because her cost of materials has gone up so much. All the food that she buys for this restaurant uh, has gone up so significantly that she just can't afford to hire the same number of people that she had prior to the pandemic. So. I think there are a lot of different reasons why these unemployment numbers look like they have lowered. But of course, the primary being that uh, during COVID, the, the numbers were just so horrible that obviously they're good now in comparison.
0: Well, I want to take a brief moment to ask you, our listeners, a question. Are you a conservative woman? Do you feel problematic just for existing in today's political landscape? Well, I have some info to share with you. Every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen sort through the news to bring stories and interviews that are of particular interest to you. A problematic woman, that is a woman whose opinions are often excluded or even mocked by those on the so-called pro-women left. Lauren and Virginia break down the news you care about in an upbeat and sharp-witted way. So search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcast. Now, Kristen, I want to turn to the topic of the Federal Reserve. We see, we've seen interest rates go up. This has been hard for the housing market as well as other sectors. There is talk about even more of an interest rate hike leading up to this September Federal Reserve meeting. What do you make of what the Fed is doing? Do they have to do this because inflation is what it is? Yeah, you know, I think the
1: Federal Reserve has gotten far too powerful. I mean, basically, the Biden administration has given over the reins of the economy to the Fed. However, I, I do think we need uh, we need these rate hikes right now. It is a way we can slow the inflation, but it's really the only thing that's being done right right now. What we need is the, is, is slight hikes in in the interest rates, but then we also need to stop the spending. If you only increase the interest rates that's going to just hurt people trying to buy houses uh while they're also struggling to buy all these other things like groceries because of the out of control federal spending but you know i do think i do think some some moderate hikes in the interest rates are sensible. The housing market was way out of control. Um, it's going to cool the market a little bit, which we need uh, to kind of get the inflation under control. But it's, it's really only one piece of what needs to happen. The bigger piece, which is the federal spending, is going in the wrong direction. So these, these Fed interest rate hikes really aren't going to do too much, in my opinion, to stop the inflation unless these other things happen as well.
0: And let's talk about how people should brace themselves for whatever is coming next. You already mentioned the potential food shortages and what we may see this winter and the cost of gas, especially as people use energy more to heat their homes. I guess the question is, should we brace ourselves for a hard fall and winter? I think so. Yes.
1: Um, I talk all the time about savings. Uh, I come from a very thrifty family up in New Hampshire um, that put a big emphasis on on creating savings and, and having a cushion in case times get hard. And right now, I mean, the, the I think the majority of millennials, I read this a couple weeks ago, are literally living paycheck to paycheck. And of course their pay is lower than their parents was when adjusted for inflation, when their parents were their age. But a lot, a lot of that is also because many people, many young people particularly live above their means. They're going out to eat, they're buying expensive cars and, you know, living on, on these like crazy, crazy payment plans and credit cards. And I think people would be wise to kind of rein that in a little bit as we get closer to the winter and really focus on the, the, what is necessary for my household? You know, what foods do I need? How much gas do I need in my car? Um, And, and, you know, that the spending habits people adopted during COVID were a little bit troubling in certain ways. We saw, you know, all kinds of goods uh, really exploding in popularity that um, are not necessary to run a household. So um, I think that's wonderful during good economic times. But when you're entering bad economic times, it is really important to have that savings cushion um, because we can't we can't rely on the government to just come in and give unending stimulus checks every time we enter an economic slump. So people would be wise to kind of prepare for what's coming, try to save money, and focus on what your household really needs and creating a budget and uh, a large part of this problem of course is that our public school system and the colleges don't even teach basic accounting anymore they don't teach kids how to balance a checkbook how to create a budget but it really is so important to know and um, I believe one of the reasons so many young people are even struggling to pay off their student loans um, and living pay to paycheck to paycheck is because they were never taught these, these really important skills. So I do yeah. think people need to prepare for what's coming.
0: I think preparation is important. And I think the other part is people are looking to our elected officials to see what they can do. We do have midterms com- coming up. We'll see sure. what happens as far as who is elected to the House and the Senate and what happens with the balance of power. But let's just say you have Republicans do take over who typically do not want to spend as much, even though they they have a bad track record other than stopping stimulus, is there anything else to put the cat back in the bag?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just reigning in federal spending in general. I mean, it, it bothers me so much when these Republicans brag about slowing the growth of the federal budget every year. Well, it's still growing. You've just slowed the rate of growth. So I think everything needs to be reined in. And um, they would be wise to just let the market work. But again, it's just not a very politically popular thing to do. I mean, there's no constituency for that. So the best I think we can hope for is for the Republicans to come in and just stop the crazy, really, really harmful spending the Democrats are doing and get us back to what we had before COVID, which was still growing government, growing spending just at a slower rate. I mean, that that would really help. So I think that's kind of the best that we can hope for. But in my perfect world, I would love to see drastic cuts to the bureaucracy, drastic cuts to federal spending, drastic cuts to all kinds of programs that are riddled with fraud and get people dependent on, on government.
0: But, you know, that's kind of a fantasy. (laughs) Well, we can always hope and work towards that. But some really good information, also some good advice on the importance of saving. I think we all need to look at that as we do not know what to expect from the economy moving forward, even though it's likely that we will be headed towards harder times. But Kristen Tate, visiting fellow with Independent Women's Forum. Thanks for joining She Thinks today. Thank you so much for having me, Beverly. And Thank you for joining us. Before you go, Independent Women's Forum does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. An investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate. That is iwf.org backslash donate. And last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or review. It does help, and we'd love it if you shared this episode so your friends can know where they can find more she thinks from all of us here at independent women's forum thanks for watching